You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go. Here we are, folks, and we're back. Drink and think. With Dak and Dave is back. Little one-week hiatus there, but we're back at you. You know, life comes at you fast, and uh, as we've said before, this is not our full-time job, but we're glad to be back, and we're glad you're back with us. We'd like to, you know, throw out there as like, hey, the A&M Arkansas game was just too much, and it was going to fracture our, our friendship, and so we just we decided to not talk for it, but that's not true at all. Yeah. But Yeah. But you yeah. know what? Fuck, fuck AM. We'll just, how about we just start right there? Because I'm still salty. I'm still mad. I still think, um, unbiased, my unabashed opinion is Arkansas was a better team. And you bastards snuck out one there. Um, I have never seen a more momentum swinging game, maybe ever, at least in near memory. Yeah, it's basically everything you want in a college football game, right? Uh, obviously, maybe not with the penalties and and the sloppy play, but as far as you said, with momentum swinging, swinging, you got uh, you know Arkansas moving up and down the field. Looks like they're gonna really put distance between them and A and M. Then you got the fumble with the handoff thing going for a touchdown, uh, changes the whole game down to the kick. I mean, I and I texted we were obviously talking during the game. I texted you right when that kick happened. I'm like, said, I don't think I've seen a more crazy play in college football on where that ball hit the upright. I mean, that was like. So Mitch almost got like stuck on top. On top. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've never seen Cam Little miss a kick like that. I thought we had it in a bag. I mean, hell, I thought it was going to be 99-0 after the first, you know, eight minutes of the first quarter. I was like, damn, this is over with like, we are the team. And then, yeah, like you said, the fumble, uh, KJ tried to go freaking stretch Armstrong on him. And then, you know, we didn't get the tackle. Hey, that's why you don't strip football. That's why you make tackles. And uh, I don't know. I, did you think I, I thought about it afterwards, you know, about 900 times through my head, like what the hell was that? Did you think forward progress might have been stopped there? I did. I was worried about it at the time when the play happened. I was worried that they were going to whistle that forward progress had stopped. Um, and I, I don't know if it's because the ref saw what was happening and, you know, was legs yeah. were still churning or whatnot, but that was my immediate thought was when I saw it happen was, Oh, this is coming back. Cause they're going to rule forward progress. That's that's college football though. Like that whole play was a nut roll. Like one, you don't try to stretch Armstrong from the four yard line yeah. Two. You don't try to strip footballs. You just secure the tackle. Three, you shouldn't hand off the ball backwards to another dude after you've already secured a turnover. Like, that whole thing was just catastrophically bad. But that's college football. And like I said, yeah, that I completely changed the momentum of the game. Then Arkansas got it back. I thought we were good. thought we were solid. I was like, all right, hey, that was a shit show. We're back. And then it happened again. And then, yeah, the kick – I mean – and then people are chirping, you know, Arkansas is back where they need to be and not a top 10 team. And so I've just been pissed off ever since. So I do think that for both of our football programs, being in the top 10 has been such a, it certainly during the beginning part of the season has been such a rarity in the last two decades for both of our football programs. So Kinda it's almost like hype. you're in the danger zone uh, yeah. with, like in the end of the season, you know, you've got a bunch of games on your belt. Yeah. But like I said, when AM came out as number six, I was worried about that because they're overhyped. You know, they don't really know how to play in that 
in that environment, especially as a young team. And it, it cost them, uh, you know, with Arkansas, I thought you guys played or certainly had more uh, momentum, just a couple uh, errors that ended up costing you. And uh, yeah, but as we'll talk about later, it could all go away. Little, little upset, little upset Saturday headed yeah. to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. It no, I mean, it, it helps that y'all were ranked and we were ranked. And like, you know, I, I said many, many moons ago, I thought AM was one of the teams that we could drop a, uh, a loss to. And, you know, next week's the next one. I, I mean, I would have loved to see college game day in Fayetteville week four or week five, both teams four and oh, but shit happens. And here we are. What else, uh, what else caught your eye last Saturday? Well, we had a, it was a big upset for everyone. Uh, seemed like so. OU goes down uh, to Kansas. To your State. team. To your team. Yep. Yeah. I said Kansas State was was a dangerous team and and had a chance and uh, they they played the part. So um, then you got Miami right um, had a, a rough loss to A and M last week and then a team that has always struggled with resilience over the last couple of years where they once they start losing then it all falls off the bus and. They drop one at home to Middle Tennessee, which is a, that's always a tough one when you lose to the FCS school. Anything else for you? Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, but you can bounce back from a disastrous loss. And they're right. Um, I saw I saw a thing that said OU was having like open tryouts. I don't know how true that was. It said it was a real thing, but. Hey, if you're uh you missed your calling and you're a big body that wants to hurt some people, head on down to Norman and they've got a spot for you. Well, having spent some time in Oklahoma, there's plenty of big bodies around there. Um, big bodies, and uh, I don't know if they let girls play, but if they do, they'd probably up their uh, offensive line average weight by about 50 pounds. Big old girls up there in Norman. Um, I thought one of the best games of the week was watching Clemson and Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, I like, I caught most of it, had to leave for 20 seconds, came back and I was like, holy shit, we're in overtime and then had to leave again. And holy shit, we're in double overtime. And it was a good game. Um, don't sleep on Wake, man. Um, we'll talk later about how I'm feeling about Wake Forest. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of upsets. It was a good week of college football. If you could uh, rank order in your mind, kind of biggest winners, biggest losers of last week, um, who are you? Who are you thinking? To me, I think one of the. I mean, well, I think the Miami has to be the biggest one in my opinion. I mean, you you came in, you were supposed to be the shit. You were going to be a And M. You held them to what looked like a decent game. Okay, you're not there, but you're not trash. And the Middle Tennessee comes in. You pay them obviously to come in, and then it was just abysmal. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other one, just because I love to shit on them, is Texas Tech over Texas. Yeah. Um, I mean that you you know that's the start. That's not one that Texas bookmarked as a potential loss, right? Like they expected to lose to Alabama, but hey, wait, we held them close. We're looking good, and then. Old Texas Tech comes in here. Did you see the? Did you see the Texas Tech's uh, little hype speech ad for the thing? I did. Yeah, that's. I mean, a, I I love that. Good. I love a good hype. I I don't necessarily think everything run through runs through uh, Old Lubbock, Texas, but I was feeling them, and his players certainly were. So I think that's a pretty big one. Uh, what about you? Yeah, um, for me, biggest loser this week is Michigan State. So Michigan State. Went last year. They only lost two games, I believe. And this year, they're one and three with their only win over Akron. And just absolutely getting the doors blown off them by P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers. So uh, They were favored pretty – no, where, they were not favored that game, were they? They weren't, but it I was think, a close – Yeah, I think Vegas called one. that. It was like yeah. three or four. It was like three or yeah. four points, I think towards uh minnesota and minnesota ends up winning by about 27 so yeah holy um, cow yeah it's tough tough up there at michigan state and then you know kind of where do you go from here this is supposed to be the easier part of your schedule and um you know how do you how do you go from here so 
tough one for uh, Sparty. Yeah, ranked no more. All right, before we get into uh, what we're looking for next week, what kind of beer are you drinking? Because I have two in front of me, and I'm kind of taking turns. I got a good Miller lot, but I'm also drinking this nice fancy beer. Well, uh, you know, we wouldn't be best friends if we weren't uh, doing – I'm doing the same thing in spirit. So I've got a Miller Lite, which has just uh, been expired and lived, lived its great life. And then I've got a – as it's fall now, and it's actually kind of chilly up here in Kansas. So it's in the 50s in the morning and gets up to like the low 80s in the day. Beautiful weather. This is by – Joseph Brow Brewing Company in California, Howling Gourds Pumpkin Ale. How do you feel about pumpkin ales? What's your what's your thoughts on the like a? It's basically like the you know white girl wasted. Yeah, so typically pumpkin ale is not like an Oktoberfest pumpkin ale. Is like you tried to put a pumpkin spice latte into beer. And exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. It's a little too much for me. It takes away from the beer. There's too much uh, nutmeg in there and the spices kind of take over i'm good for like one beer but that's usually my limits just to remind myself that it's not real beer yeah yeah this is very much the pumpkin spice latte it's it's kind of a enjoyable because it's like oh that's different but i agree it's not one that uh i would give you know i would want to have stocked at all times uh, a good effort but uh, i'm sure if you were here and you, you could probably speak more it than i can but it really doesn't taste like anything except for like like spices you know you can't really taste a whole lot of beer so. yeah it's the nutmeg yeah yeah nutmeg yep. a lot of nuts in this nutmeg so we'll uh we'll drink it seven percent and uh that'll be about where she lies what about you what are you drinking nutmeg no I, i'm not drinking nutmeg i'm drinking uh, this is a, a sports-related beer, but it's the wrong sport for us this week. Uh, this is by Off Color Brewing. It's called Beer for Hoops. And this is a – it's like a 5%. Oh, it is a 5%er. It's got it's a, a cream ale with peach puree and vanilla beans. And uh, what do we have in here? We got some two-row flaked barley, some caramel malt, Um Hops are nugget, lotus, and then, you know, like I said, some peach puree and vanilla beans. This is like a la chacois. I don't know if it's French or not, but it's very uh, bougie beer, and it's super crushable, but has like a lot of flavor, like hits you right in the face when you're drinking it. I bought four. I've only got one left, so I'm kind of sipping on that right now. But I don't know why they call it beer for hoops, but it's pretty badass. I've, uh, I think we, we had that last time we hung out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, that's a good beer. Like, you know, we were talking about with the pumpkin one, it can get a little bit out of hand with how much flavors and, you know, a dominant flavor profile, but that one has a pretty good balance of, you can definitely taste, you know, it tastes like beer with extra versus this tastes like pumpkin juice. Right. Exactly. And nutmeg. But speaking of nutmeg, let's talk about Lane Kiffin. <laughs> uh, so we, yeah. week five of college football. We got a couple of games to watch for. Let's start with Kentucky and Ole Miss. Line is Ole Miss seven. I think this may end up being the game of the week. Yeah, I think so. It's got a, it's got everything leading up to it. Um, kind of the, the scandal to get everyone's attention on it. So uh, Lane in his, uh, in a press conference leading up this week uh, was talking about how difficult it is to play at home at Old Miss because quote, it's like coming, you can't let coming out into the stadium and only seeing like a high school team's worth of football fans there affect you and your mentality. Uh, basically saying I've tried to said I tried to be on Twitter and social media and get the fans to show up and they aren't they aren't showing up. Um, I think this says two things. Number one, it says that Lane Kiffin hasn't spent a lot of time around high school footballs. 
probably not in Mississippi or in like Texas or or Arkansas because we can pack probably fifty thousand people into some of these high school football stadiums now. Yeah, double A school. Yeah, but uh, two. Like, what's going on at Ole Miss? Are they too fancy to show up to a football game? Well, see, I I, I thought it is – is this the propaganda thing? Yeah. Because you're right. Like, they want to bring in the hype to the Kentucky Ole Miss game. And then, two, I almost wasn't sure if he was, like, being, like, slighted about it. Like, we're, we blow the, the brakes off of all these teams so far that they leave there in the first half because we're so damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, or – do people just really not show up? I don't know. But nonetheless, I mean, I think he got his point across. People heard that. People will probably stay for this game, and people are talking about it, which is probably what he wanted. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm with you on that one. I think he is, as we've seen before, he's the master of social media. When the Jimbo Saban rivalry was going on, he was just kind of stoking the fires. Um, yeah. He's always good about getting a little – a little quip in here and there. So I think he's trying to pump up the crowd because this could be a signature win for old miss and really say where their season is headed against a really good Kentucky team. Yeah. And I think um, most people will probably lean towards Kentucky being the better team here. Uh, at least that's where most of the money is going, at least for them to cover. Obviously Vegas thinks that they will win the spread seven to Ole miss. Um, I'm honestly a little surprised by that. I thought Kentucky uh, would be a little closer, if not be favored. Uh, maybe that's because it's in Mississippi. Um, I don't know. I personally, I mean, I've been high on Ole Miss for a while now. I think they're a good team. I think that they will continue to get better throughout the season. But again, I think this is going to be a banger. I mean, Ole Miss, their offense is through the freaking roof. They're what, like, almost damn near 500 yards of offense per game. I mean, yeah. they're, they're slinging that, I mean, that. And that's a Lane Kiffin offense, Lane Kiffin team. Yeah. So. yeah. And uh, you got Kentucky that's got a good quarterback that can kind of manage the game. Defense is a little bit better than Old Miss. But, uh, yeah, this, is, this has, you know, it's a huge SEC West, SEC East matchup. Kentucky that's coming off of uh, some good wins and is undefeated and really are they going to challenge Georgia uh, which the Georgia game is coming up in October or and then you got you know Ole Miss are they going to be able to challenge and are they going to be able to get out after Alabama that's shown some weakness lately so I'm really intrigued by this game problem is is Ole Miss hasn't played anybody so Kentucky's played a Florida and, you know, a, a big SEC East rivalry. Mississippi's played Troy, Central Arkansas, RIP, and <laughs> Georgia Tech. And they've, you know, they've only had – oh, and Tulsa, right? So – Yeah. And, then, and, you know, and Tulsa held them close, 35-27. So, yeah. um, I don't think they've played any great teams. I, this is definitely their first real game. But yeah, again, and, Vegas has them favored over number seven Kentucky. And on the other other hand, other hand, you got Kentucky that won in the swamp at Florida. That's their only good win. Uh, but I agree, you know, it's kind of an untested uh, Ole Miss team. So I'm I'm excited to see this game. I think this one. I agree. This one's going to be one of the best of the week. And this is where we start getting into what teams are really made of, right? So we start getting into SEC football. We start getting into playing real teams. Rankings start to matter almost right. in another couple of weeks, um, you know. But nobody's played shit yet. And so, yeah, I mean, this is a, a really good test to see what both of these programs are made of going forward, so. Yeah. Um, any other uh, games? Obviously, talk to me about your thoughts heading into Bama coming to Fayetteville um, and what you think Arkansas's mentality is going to be after the letdown last week. I don't think Sam Pittman is going to let that affect them. He's not the kind of coach that says, hey, let's fucking find a shoulder and cry on it. He's going to point out their mistakes. He's going to say, this is where we fucked up. 
And then he's going to work hard on fixing those, you know, um, penalties and like fundamental foundational football skills, such as the, you know, the fumble and the tackle, which we already hit on. Um, I bet you they work those to the bone this week in practice. Um, I mean, I would be a, a homer and a fool to say that I'm not worried about beating Alabama or losing to Alabama, rather. Um, obviously, they're Alabama. Obviously, they're a good football team, but they are fallible. Texas, who just lost to Texas Tech and is not a great team, um, almost got that game. You know, I, right. I think that you would be silly to not put some money on Arkansas to cover at 17 and a half. That's huge. You're in Fayetteville. Arkansas fans are going to be going bananas. Um, we're still a ranked team at 20. This is still a big game, a big rivalry game. We hate Alabama. There's no way that they win by three touchdowns, you know, like put some money there. Um, I think we'll bounce back. I think we'll be fine. I mean, we, we still, you know, did KJ make a mistake? Yes. Is he still a great quarterback and a big body? And, and you know, is he showing things that are promising? Absolutely. Um, Rocket Sanders in the backfield is and should be getting some decent recognition for some some like you know climbing up the Heisman talk for absolutely for being a running back. I mean the dude is putting up phenomenal numbers. So as long as the line can make a hole and KJ and Rocket can get it done, um, I think we'll be fine on the offensive side of the ball. Defense worries me a little bit. We're still out our best secondary player. Um, obviously yeah. for the rest of the season, but Slusher's back and, you know, he, we looked a lot better than I thought we would um, against you guys and AM last week. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, this one is um, obviously the, if you look at the money, it's on a lot of it's on Arkansas and the spread started at minus 19 to Bama. It's already gone down to minus 17 and a half, probably, around Saturday morning will settle, I imagine around 17. Um, and that's because I think a lot of people see the weaknesses that Bama has shown over the past few weeks. Now they had a, their first really good game against Vandy last week, um, which is, you know, Vandy, you know, you would think Vandy's a normal, like, like just roll over them team, but they got some talent there, but uh, Bama's offense has looked sketchy. They don't have the the waddles uh, and the normal like standout receiver that can take the top off the defense. Where if they catch the ball, they're gone. Um, they don't really have that right now, so they have to make a much more methodical drives. Their run game hasn't been great. It's been good enough, but it hasn't been great. And we saw that against Texas, where they they had difficulties moving the ball, and then. Also, uh, Bryce Young was getting pressure uh, a lot of times. So yeah, that's yeah. where I think Arkansas has a good has a good chance here. And that's where if you look at the upset criteria, how AM upset Alabama last year, it's getting pressure on Bryce Young, getting him out of a rhythm, and then they really struggled. And Alabama has the defense to do it, ranked fifth in the nation for sack percentage and they can absolutely mix it up, get some good. They have great talent, especially in the linebacking core. Get in there, get Bryce Young to make some bad throws, make some mistakes, and then – You said we're, we're fifth in the nation for sack percentage? Yep. I thought we, we had more sacks. I thought we had the most sacks in the nation right now. I may have misread that. Maybe it was the SEC. Yeah, I – I looked it up just earlier and it's, it's based on percentage of snaps. So you may have the most snaps or excuse me, the most sacks, but it's oh, based okay. on the most offensive snaps they faced. Um, you could definitely see Arkansas hanging in. And when you're at home and in a, in a ruckus crowd, especially in an early kick, this is a, or it is a two thirty kick. So it's not like a night game. You know, you could definitely see Bama getting off to a slow start. And as long as Arkansas is in it and the crowd's in it, we definitely got a chance. All right, yep. Yeah. Arkansas leads the nation in sacks. I don't care. I like my stat better than yours. Yours says we're fifth in the nation for sack percentage. I like uh, we lead the nation in sacks. I don't like your percentage stat. So we're going to leave okay. it there. And, yeah, uh, no. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And Drew Sanders leads the nation in sacks as a player. So, boom. We're coming. All right. So – the last, last game that we're going to talk about, kind of an honorable mention here, 
And the place where I honestly, I think that we should have college game day uh, this week is Oklahoma State at Baylor. <clears throat> Okie State undefeated, coming off of a bye, going to Baylor, who had a tough loss, but really has everything to play for now that OU has also lost a game. And going and right now, Baylor is favored minus two. What are your thoughts about this one? You know, I'm all on the mullet train, baby. I have a soft spot for Okie State. I think I like to see them win. I think they're a, a fun fan base. I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, I I probably put uh, maybe Mississippi and Oklahoma right above Arkansas for what the fuck else do you have? Um, <laughs> so, you know, those they, they really love this, some cowpokes. And uh, anytime they're on, I'll, I'll usually pull for them. Um, I'm high on Baylor as well, though. I think Aranda's got a good program going down there. Yeah. I, I really thought they played well against BYU. Uh, I think BYU dropped the subsequent week after that. But yep. um, I thought that was a well-fought match. I thought Baylor, you know, I was I, I thought they would be um, Big 12 champs this year. Um, but I would not be pissed off if Oklahoma State I, – like I said, I thought last year, I thought one of these two teams probably should have been in the college football playoffs – um, and that'd be cool to see Okie State keep charging forward. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I am on the Baylor, uh, and I know that you picked uh, in our Big Twelve show. You were high on Dave Aranda and, and the yeah. Bears, and are they going to be able to repeat? Um, obviously, they've already dropped a game, but now that OU has dropped one, you know, like I said, they're really back in it, and they control their destiny because if they beat. Okie State here, then they kind of control that moving forward. Well, it's the same for Okie State. They control their own destiny right now. Yeah. They get a win over Baylor. Now they are smooth sailing to Big 12 champions. I mean, obviously, they've got some teams along the way, but they're, I mean, they're setting themselves up right in week five. I mean, I'm going to take uh, Okie State to. I guess you would say upset the lines at two, but I'm going to take Okie state to win this game. Okay. Yeah. The, the line and the money for Vegas seems to be favoring Baylor here, but I have to think with the extra week of prep, you know, you got to give, I mean, Oklahoma state is number nine in the country. Uh, yeah. They haven't played a, t a lot of tough competition, but you got to think that just with that extra week of prep, that's going to give them a little bit of a boost. Well, I think – so, yes, I think that Baylor is the better team. But I think a well-coached Gundy team off of a bye week with something to prove can get it done. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, I mean, we're four weeks in and shit's already been turned on its head. There's so many conferences and teams that are just not looking themselves and, you know – uh, one of those to me is the ACC. There, how yeah. many how many teams are ranked in the ACC right now? That's bananas. I was high yeah. on NC State. I told you I thought they were going to do really well this year. I didn't think they were going to be a top ten team. Uh, I mean, we're going to have a NC State freaking Clemson showdown. Wake Forest yep. is crushing. Um, yeah. Well, somebody your, else is ranked. What's your thoughts on Clemson? Because I'm really I'm I am I've got mixed feelings, right? The, you know, DJ is just, he's not doing it for me. Like he is, it's too inconsistent. And I know they scored a lot of points last week against Wake Forest, but I, I'm just not, I'm not bought into it. I'm kind of losing faith in Dabo as well. I used, you know, back in, I guess, the Trevor Lawrence and, and previous years. Um, I was more, and even back to Deshaun Watson, I was big on, you know, Dabo being a great coach, and I still think he's a good coach, but I, I'm I'm not sure if I'd buy Clemson at five. What are your thoughts? Well, here's my obligatory um, Dabo Swinney is a great guy and a great coach comment, just for my my good buddy Johnny O out there. When you said you're you're losing faith in in Dabo Swinney, he immediately got an erection. Um, I haven't lost faith. I think he is a wonderful coach. The Clemson Tigers are far superior than the South Carolina Gamecocks, and that's all I have to say about that. 
<laughs> what about so um, you were high on NC State and after a tough game, they win in overtime, kind of a sloppy finish for Clemson coming up against NC State favored by less than a touchdown. Um, six and a half. What are, what are your uh, and then you've got an NC State defense that is pretty damn good. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I, I tend to lean Wolfpack here. I think they're going to get up for this game. I think Clemson kind of sleeps coming off the overtime victory against Wake Forest. Well, here's a, here's another point of like this is college football and everything's confusing, right? Because NC State really hasn't played anybody. So they, they barely beat East Carolina at East Carolina. They Okay, so they smoked, what, Charleston State, and then they played a decent game against Texas Tech, who then upset Texas. And so you're like, well, is Texas really bad or is NC State actually decent? And then they beat Connecticut 41-10. So, like, where do we stand? Like, is NC State 10 worthy? Have they proved themselves yet? Um, and, you know, Clemson on the same note, okay, so they win in overtime against the Wake Forest team, which we think is pretty good, but maybe too early to tell. Again, yeah. I think a lot of the matchups this, this week are going to start showing some true colors and, like, where you actually stand. Um, I tend to like NC State here, and I – like I said, I think they are a good team, but you're playing the Clemson Tigers and a well-coached Dabo team. So – I'm not going to throw my money into this one. Um, I mean, six and a half is honestly scary for me against a typical Clemson team, but Clemson hasn't shown me shit any either. So, no, I don't think Clemson necessarily should be five. I don't think NC State should be 10 yet. Do they have the potential? Yes, I I do, but I don't know that they should be there yet. So I'll lead into this, and, and there's been some talk about this recently. Should we have AP rankings? Um, you know, preseason one, two, three, four, or should we wait until week like eight? And then we have or week six when we're halfway through the season. And then we get our first rankings. Once we've seen what everybody can do, once they've done something other than beat the shit out of Slippery Rock State and Bob's Tire Shop, you know, should we have that's when the AP ranking should come in? Oh, this is a really good question. We've never even talked about this. I, I see both sides of the coin here. Why, why, you know, waste your time and throw your hat into something that may or may not be because, like you said, you're playing nobody. But then again, those guys are doing exactly what we're doing. They're trying their best to look at analytics and and look at past performances to give a future prediction on what kind of program you are and who's going to go to the college football playoff. I kind of like that because the AP is honestly bullshit and it changes so much. And so at least – for, for what we think they are, the best minds in the business all coming together to make a a put, put numbers on teams here. I would like to see the actual ranking starting from week one. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, I, I'm pretty high on punishing teams for playing slippery like Bob's Tire Shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And the – you know, and then it gets into, you know, we always get the Notre Dame, you know, issue where Notre Dame gets Notre Dame gets ranked number five, I think, in the preseason. Now they're not even ranked. They've dropped two games and, uh, you know, they are, you know, they're talking about people wanting to fire Marcus Freeman now. So, yeah, I, I, I get you can't get you can't get it every single time. You can't get it right every single time. But. I think really all the AP poll is until about week eight is just a publicity popularity stunt. contest. Yep. It's just to get the, get the TV ratings up so that people want to tune in and uh, to, to, to get the, Hey, this is where game day should be. Even though game day for whatever reason decides to choose retarded matchups like app state and Troy, but that's your neither here. But what does it hurt for them to start in week one actually doing the rankings? Yeah, you're going to miss some, and we acknowledge that. I mean, hell, you miss some in the college football playoffs. There's some teams that absolutely should not be there, and there's some teams that probably should have been there that weren't. So what's it hurt in getting some more reps in and giving a more analytical prediction with the minds that be starting at the beginning? 
The only thing I think it hurts is the people that no one thought the Cinderella stories. That's what I think it hurts because the Georgias and the Alabamas, they're always going to be there. Right. And then they're going to have, honestly, they're going to have matchups teed up so they can, can justify where they stand in the AP poll. But you got some Cinderella stories that, you know, Hey, look at this. This team is five and zero coming into the week six, and we didn't even think they would be here. But because they were unranked in week one, they're fight, they're clawing their way up the totem pole. And are they, you know, if they if they win out, maybe they're able to make it. But if they don't, if they slip up, then it's too much for them to gain to get to that point where they can get into the playoff. Maybe with the expansion of the playoff, this isn't an issue. Yeah. Can we please just hurry that the hell up? Yeah, no kidding. I agree but, with you, though. I mean, I, I think it's a money thing. I mean, whether they're good or they're not, Georgia and Alabama are going to be ranked. You know, no one cares about a, a Cincinnati yeah. or a, a NC State. Like, no one's going to tune into an NC State top 10 versus a Georgia top 10. People are going to watch that a little more closely. And I totally, I'm on the the whole conspiracy train about all kinds of stuff lately about, Hey, Alabama is Alabama. We're going to rank Texas because we need people to view this Texas, Alabama game. Texas did not deserve to be ranked that game. Right. And they've shown that the same way that the same way that Notre Dame was ranked number five. So that way the Ohio state Notre Dame game. Right, right, right. Would would get that, and it would bump up Ohio State's numbers. So, yeah, we you can take your tinfoil hats off. We'll we'll move on. Um, let's look quickly at the NFL and our game of the week this week. I, we've got a tough one, but I think so. Going with Chiefs at Tampa Bay, both yeah. teams coming off of a loss that last week. What are your thoughts? All right. So first, I would be interested to know if. Oh, Mahomey, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen have ever all three lost in the same week? Ooh, that's a good question. I doubt it. I doubt but it. That, yeah. But that happened last week. Right. Uh, the, the NFL was on its head, too. Yes. Um, but, yes, I agree. Mahomes versus Brady probably gets the nod. Um, Tom Brady hasn't looked himself this year in my opinion, but Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does historically last week, made a charge down the field, thought they were going to clutch it out. Like he looked, he was like, all right, well, time to turn that freaking robot switch on and get the job done. Um, but they're hurting. They're, they're missing half their damn offense Yep. Um, against a Mahomes team who has found weapons outside of their classic weapons. And Mahomes is a freak, dude. I mean, he may be one of those that breaks so many records. His ability to do things with a football that others can is just remarkable. So, yeah, the um, storyline for this one to me is you got kind of the quarterback of the past against the quarterback of the future. Yeah. Both teams, we all being equal. I got it. Tampa's struggling with, with some uh, injuries. So, Chiefs. Coming off of a loss in the last three seasons, are thirty-seven and twelve. Coming off of a loss, Bucks coming off of a loss, thirty-two and seventeen. Damn, so those both, are tight numbers. Those are both really good numbers for when they lose. Back teams, yeah, they don't drop the next game. So, what's the difference? What makes the difference this Sunday? Is it in the I quarterback's mean, hands? Do you give a nod to the defense and who's going to get it done there? I think, but I I think this is, this is what gives me the, I think Kansas city is the play and Vegas is, is proving me right in that regard because the Buccaneers rely much more on the run. They need Fournette to get going so they can get play action so they can get Mike Evans out there. They need that portion of their offense because they're not explosive otherwise. You go on the Kansas City side of the game, they don't really need that. They can spread it out. They love to mix the run in to keep the defense guessing, not let them pin their ears back and rush the passer. But they don't need that. Kansas City and the Buccaneers both have good run defenses, but 
but they're both okay middle of the pack against the pass. That's where I think the Chiefs have an advantage there. They have plenty of weapons to go around, and you've got the quarterback play. I mean, Tom Brady, when he needs to run, he can run. Or did you say? Did you say gallop that? or whatever you want to call it? Did you see the play where he was like all an ass for the first down, and then like yeah. he got up like an old man? <laughs> I was like, "Damn, I feel you there, brother." Yeah, it's a, he got up like like you and I get up when we wake up in the morning, and it's just like everything from like the waist down starts cracking in sequence, and yeah, yeah, and he's like. I'm too old for this. And he knows Giselle is up in the box that she's just pissed at him for, for, you know, putting his life out there. So I'm I'll going to say this I'm going to our chiefs. Chiefs. Okay. I think I don't know the answer to this question. I want Tom Brady to win. I want Tom to take it all. I will tell you, I traded in my fantasy league. I traded Leonard Fournette for Aaron Jones two weeks ago. And Aaron Jones scored 32 points, and I felt like a G. And then every day since then, I'm like, fuck, I messed up. I think I got duped. I think that was a bad mistake. This is a dynasty league. I am probably hosed. Jones and Dylan are sharing snaps. I don't know who's going to get the, the freaking yeah. win out of that. I, uh, I do not classically do bad in fantasy. I, For some reason, not to my own credit, I – Surely luck, do well in fantasy leagues. I am undefeated thus far, playing a really tough team this week. I'm probably figgity-fucked, let's be honest. And I bet Aaron Jones is going to get three points. God damn it. That's the that's the crazy thing about fantasy. There's these, you know, in kind of the modern football era, you can can't necessarily rely there's still teams you know there's still the titans out there and and you know there's still you know you kind of throw the saints in there when camara's feeling good um but by and large a lot of teams are going to the split back you know offense just to keep a little durability to mix it up you know and we've I seen like it, it work really well. We, it's like Dallas. You know, the reason that Dallas beat the Giants last week was a lot because you got the pound it in your face from Zeke. Pollard. And then you got Tony Pollard getting Pollard to the is edge the man. And, and, and cutting up the field. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, as a fantasy fan, I hate that. But as a football fan, why don't you do that? All right. these receiver, all these running backs now are catching the football. They're faster. They're lighter. They have hands. Why would you not do that? So yeah, I mean, you're you're seeing it more and more. All right. Uh, so in a nod to your, I mean, if you, I guess, if you had to rate your man crushes, I would assume that, uh, you know, where does Tom Brady vice Josh Allen, like, where does that rate? Because I mean, you got to choose because we got another great quarterback matchup, in the Bills at Baltimore. All right. Um, I'm going to give Josh the nod here. I like to think that Josh's abilities on the field, I like to uh, vicariously place myself in his shoes in Buffalo, throwing the football. I have a better beard than he does. We can talk about mm. that, Josh. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I, I, Josh is the man. And, hey, talking about fantasy players that don't let you down, I, I drafted Josh in the second round. Has not steered me wrong. I got laughed at for that. Um, Josh Allen's a man, dude. And and as a Bill fan, like, that's good to see. You got Stefan yeah. Diggs, Josh Allen connection. The 17-14 connection is unfreaking real Yeah, it is. Um, he's got some other targets out there that are also uh, getting it done. He's got a tight end that's good that I think we'll see more reps uh, coming up in Dawson Knox. He's got a couple of um, other receivers that are going to get more touches. Gabe Davis is kind of questionable um, going into next week. We'll see where that goes. But, he, I mean, the, the the team is thick. And then the defense is only getting better. Those guys are freaks too. I mean, looking at the Buffalo Bills, like this could be the year of all years, you know, this could be the year. But they're playing Baltimore in a really good Baltimore team. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and you know, Lamar's a freak too, man. Yeah. You want to talk about an absolute, like just monster. Lamar Jackson is just unreal. What he's able to do, not only with his feet, but pass. He's probably, I mean, this would be a great top three for us, but like, like running quarterbacks that can throw. I mean, Lamar's got to be on your list in your top three. Yeah, if you were looking at his stats from last week, it would be easy to go. No, that's a that's a typo. He ran for four touchdowns and threw one. No, the dude threw for four touchdowns and still got on one with his legs. So yeah. yeah, not only is he a speed demon, would will cut you up, but he he has the arm to back it up. And Baltimore's a fool next year if they let Lamar go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pay him everything he wants. I got it. I got it. You're not the rich uh, ruling class uh, franchise, but uh, pay him Deshaun money. Give him a, a fully guaranteed contract because it is absolutely worth that. Because if not, uh, every other team pretty much in the league is going to come knocking. Yeah. T- 10 times out of 10, I'm taking Lamar over Deshaun. Lamar is obviously a nicer person than Deshaun. Hey, I love massages too. Still yeah. taking Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Vegas, interestingly, in the Bills-Baltimore matchup, and I think a lot of this has to do with the Bills defense having a lot of key players out. Vegas is all over the Ravens plus one here. Uh, if bets are 50-50 split, but always a good call. Don't just look at how many people are placing bets. Look at how much money is going to each team. So yeah. while the bets are almost 50-50, 84% of the money is going to the Ravens. That means that's where the Sharks are betting. So Ravens plus one, and I think it's I think it comes down to that defense on the Bills really missing some key people. I do not see Josh Allen losing two weeks in a row, though. I think at the end of the day, Josh will get it done. He's got more assets on the offensive side. The dude's throwing for 400 freaking yards a game nearly. Um, he's going to find a way to get it done. And that's not to discredit Lamar, but I just don't see the Bills dropping two in a row. I'm going to put money on Buffalo next week. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and uh, let's give some picks. Now, uh, if you've been keeping track, and we hope you haven't been. We suck ass. We are not good at uh, betting. Specifically, me and college betting has been just absolutely murdering me in the face over the last four weeks. But uh, just like Arkansas, we can turn the season around this week. That's right. Hey, and you know what? I I would like to point out, on the record, we're 0-2, but we're doing a lot better off the record. Well, I mean, you you had kind of a, a real slippery slope there, like break your phone in half, delete the app kind of stretch. Yes. But you made up for it. Right. And you're positive. And uh, same for me. I was like, man, what the hell am I doing? I'm just like, I need to go buy some bubble gum or something. Like, at least I can chew on that. I have made my money back in mid-game bets. Now, if you have not hopped on this, let me let me tell you my little secret here. Find the team that is clearly the better team. Not in quite okay. Arkansas, um, Missouri State, right? Okay, Arkansas was in question here. Are we in trouble here, boys? Like, do we need to phone home? We are getting the brake speed off of us, right? So we we go down quick. Okay, line switch very drastically. So now the lesser team is now favored pretty drastically to win or the spread jumps pretty wide. If you can mid-game hop on that, knowing what the better team is in your heart of hearts, hop on that pretty big spread that probably shouldn't be and they overreacted to it, you're going to make your money back. And that's what I've been doing. As soon as I see something that I know as a college football fan should not happen, I jump on that line quicker than shit. I would say... 90% 90% of the time, complete made-up stat, I'm getting those bets. I've almost switched to I'm placing a couple bets before the game and just betting mid-game now 
because that's how well I'm doing on those. So dev, definitely check it out. Yeah, I, and it's also worth it for games that you thought were going to be like a huge scoring game. Like, you know, the, the over-under was 60-plus, and then in the first quarter, it's 9-6. to six. The, the, Because right. they set the line so high at the beginning of the game, they can't correct it enough to get it down to the That's real a fair point. over-under. And so as a result, you jump on the under there, you'll pick it up at like a 60 or maybe a 58, knowing that the game's probably going to score about 40 points. And uh, yes, the in-game betting is a great way to, to make your money up. So what is your bet of the week this week? All right, so I'm going to go back to college again, even though it's failed me um, miserably lately, as you said. Um, Number 19, Wake Forest versus Florida State. Florida State undefeated. Mike Norvell's keeping his job potentially. Florida State's favored six and a half points against a pretty damn good Wake Forest team. Took Clemson to overtime. Looking good. Ranked last year. Looking good this year. I just don't see six and a half. I don't know that they win the game. I think that they win the game, but I'm going to put some money on six and a half there. Yeah, uh, that when you told me that, that game really stands out to me. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is it's a letdown spot. Letdown spot for Wake Forest. You thought you had Clemson and you were going to beat them at home. And then, you know, you aren't able to get it done in, in uh, uh, overtime. So maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. But I like that. That's a pretty good one. And uh, you might you might also there be able to sprinkle a little on the money line there for Wake Forest in case they can do the full-on upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my best bet of the week is I'm riding the Minnesota train. So Minnesota, as we talked in our Big Ten preview, uh, has a lot of potential to, to really vie there in the Big Ten, certainly in the West. Um, Purdue has had a terrible season so far. They're one in three. Their defense is their offense is is doing okay, but their defense is in the bottom third of the country uh, as far as efficiency. On the other hand, on the other side of the game, the Golden Gophers are scoring forty plus points, and their defense is allowing less than two hundred yards a game. Right now, Minnesota is only is less than two touchdowns, minus twelve versus Purdue. I think Golden Gophers win this by at least 21 points, at least three touchdowns. I'm going Minnesota minus 12, Gophers roll. Uh, Hold on, give me a minute. I'm going to go make that bet right now. I like that a lot. Um, That's your boy getting it done at Minnesota. I like, yeah, that's a good bet, dude. DJ Fleck can row my boat any day. All right, and uh, we'll go ahead and leave it there. Uh, Happy that you joined us. The safety brief of the week is if you're gambling, gamble responsibly, but if you're losing money, you can always make it up through in-game betting. Just make sure you pay attention. There's plenty of money to be made there. And whatever you lose, just double it the next bet. It'll turn out great. Yeah, Or you'll be, you know, homeless in an alley doing things that are unspeakable on this podcast. Living in a van down by the river. All right. All right. It's been fun, dude. We'll see you later. All right. Peace.